Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Hello, welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name is Kaylin, and before we get started today, I'd just like to begin uh, by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. They're the tra- traditional custodians of the land to which I am coming to you from today, land where we tell our stories here at Brainwaves and land where stories have been told by traditional owners for many years before us. I'd like to pay my respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who may be listening in today. Now, today on Brainwaves, we will be speaking to Lauren, Luke and Nicole from Wellways about the New Access Program, which is a mental health coaching program developed by Beyond Blue. Lauren is a New Access coach working in the Shoalhaven region on Yunya country in southeast New South Wales. They have lived experience of mental health and are a proud member of the LGBTIQA plus community. Lauren previously worked and volunteered in various groups supporting young people impacted by trauma. Lauren is passionate about advocating for inclusive, accessible services and programs and knows how much courage it takes to reach out for support. Luke works also as a new access coach in the bigger Wellways office in New and country. He started as a coach with the program and was introduced to the Southeast New South Wales in November 2020. Prior to coaching, Luke worked as a secondary teacher in Mallacoota and then in the bigger valley. Luke finds his coaching role enormously satisfying as he finds the new access program is really effective and it's a privilege to be helping people from uh, all walks of life to develop strategies to better manage their mental health. Nicole is also a new access coach in the Albury area on the Rudgery country. Nicole started as a coach for new access in February 2021 and she loves working with participants. Nicole has had several close experiences with bushfires. She has seen the impacts these events have had on her community, both directly and indirectly, whilst working closely with emergency services during two major events. She also worked as a palliative care uh, volunteer and is an end of life doula. Nicole is very passionate about community work. Welcome Luke, Lauren and Nicole to Brainwaves. It's great to have you here. You're all new access coaches with Wellways and we're here to talk about the new access program. So as we get started today, um, Luke, I'll throw this to you. How does new access help and how is it different from other services that are available? Thanks, Kaylin. Um, New access is a program that makes mental health support more accessible. So I think it's a bit different in that you don't need a referral. It's fully funded, so it's free. And also, you don't have to wait a long time to get help. So another difference is that it uses trained coaches uh, to deliver low-intensity cognitive behavioural therapy. I kind of like to explain it as the next step down from working with psychologists, but the next step up from self-help. Ah, uh, okay. So fits yep. in that space there. So. Yep. With a psychologist, typically you'd be working on changing unhelpful thoughts. 
But with new access, you work with the coach to change unhelpful behaviors. So we get very specific in targeting the behaviors that are maintaining unhelpful, problematic thoughts. And we use targeted strategies that have been well-researched both here and in the UK where the program originated. A couple of other things that make new access different is we use trained coaches rather than health professionals. And that's going back to that, making it more accessible, changing the model a bit and increasing accessibility. Mm. It's also a targeted short-term intervention. So we would work with participants typically over a six week period on a specific and a formulated plan. So an important part of what we're doing is enabling early intervention and trying to take some of that demand off higher end psychologist services. Yeah, and it sounds like, you know, that's a big problem, obviously, with our current system is there is that sort of, you know, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are waiting for to see psychologists and that sort of thing. And and sometimes they might not need that type of therapy, you know, so yeah. it sounds like this could be really helpful in that space. So, sometimes we're actually working with people before they can get in to see a psychologist. Yeah. So, you know, typically if you've got, you know, the wait time to get in see a psychologist in regional areas, maybe months, mm. but people need that help and support earlier on. So we can work with them in that intervening period. Mm. And if they then don't need the psychologist, then that's fantastic. But if they do, we can step them up. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And, yeah. and so what is the eligibility criteria to access the service? So the key eligibility criteria is you have to be 12 years and above. Uh, and you need to live, work and study in a primary health network offering the new access service. So that's in parts of New South Wales, Queensland and Victoria. So across the eastern seaboard. The easiest way to find out would just be to Google new access. Mm -hmm. And there's a postcode search there to see oh, if you're fantastic. available. Excellent. But, and I can always include some information in, in today's show notes too as well. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. sounds good. The other key criteria, I guess, to be eligible is that you just have to be feeling stressed or overwhelmed about everyday life issues, mm -hmm. such as work, study, relationships, health, or loneliness. A lot of the people that come to the service are just ordinary people facing extraordinary circumstances, but more often they're just struggling with everyday life stuff. Mm. And it's just about giving people the skills to better manage um, things like anxiety and depression. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think also too the last two two years of or two and a half years of oh. everything that's gone on, I think people are becoming a little bit more self aware with their own mental health and their needs and that sort of thing. So, you know, I don't imagine. I think, I think not just self aware, but also those stresses have. That's right. Oh, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's more. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, that awareness so, within what's happening for them and yeah. that it's not great sometimes, and they do need that extra support. No, I, and you know to be. I mean, you're coming from Melbourne, the, the weeks and weeks of lockdown obviously had their toll, you know, that, that's a huge mental strain. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, so could you walk me through the process in coming um, to new access? So maybe okay. start with the intake, yeah. Yeah, I can speak on behalf of intake, Kaylin. Um, so a person would usually inquire via the online web form and they can do that via the Beyond Blue website or the Wellways website um, or they can email or phone in and you mentioned that you'll pop some things in the show notes for us so yeah. check it out there if you um, are interested in the program. Um, intake, our intake workers will then contact that person 
to book an initial intake assessment appointment. Um, that usually takes about 20 minutes, that appointment, when you have it with the intake worker, they're going to gather some information from you and ask you what's been happening for you at the moment. What would you like to work on and what would you like to get out of the program? It is quite brief because most of the information that you share will be with your coach. That's where you'll do the majority of the work, but the intake worker just wants to get a bit of an idea of, hey, what's happening for you at the moment? How could we best help you? Um, then what happens is the intake worker will try to find a time that suits you for an appointment and also to book you in with a coach. We do have some out of hours appointments available, which is really helpful for people who are working full time um, and need that flexibility. So talk to your intake worker when they call, if that applies to you uh, and see if you can figure out a time that you can be available as well. Um, the good thing about it is that our, we'll talk about this probably several times in the episode, but um, our, appointments that are available either face-to-face -face by phone or video which is really great in booking an appointment because a lot of people try and squeeze it in on a lunch break or a morning tea break or in between other appointments that they've got during the day um, and the other important thing is we really try to make sure that no person waits longer than seven days between intake and speaking with their assigned coach so we try wow. to get that appointment booked as soon as possible that's available between the coach and the participant so really trying to break down the barriers there of those long wait times yeah. Um, and yeah maintain that contact between with the service between that intake call and then first meeting with your coach. Mm, that's great and yeah I mean we've talked a little bit about some of the accessibility like Luke mentioned earlier you know in between mm. you know getting that support but to to have that seven days guarantee that that to me just sounds amazing like that's not something that you really hear about from any other service so that's great yeah that's what we're really aiming for within the service is to try and get that support as soon as possible mm. and and communicate if there are any delays communicate that along the way we really want people to be informed and feel like that they are still part of the service so yep getting them that appointment as soon as possible yeah that's fantastic and the sessions, how many sessions did we say again? Six sessions. So so the first session is really the initial intake or initial assessment. So the mm -hmm. intake is with the intake worker. That's the short phone call. Then the next session would be with the coach. And that's what we call the initial assessment. And that's really an opportunity to check in and make sure the participant's problem is a good fit for new access and, and that they're suitable for the program. But equally, it's an opportunity for them to get more information and detail about the program and make the decision that is right for them. I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Yeah, it's, re it's that's really an important part of, of that session is to really um, give them a give them a choice, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. So that session lasts normally for about an hour. And as the coach, we work really hard to examine and understand, I guess, the main presenting problem. And, and that's the one that the participant wants to work on. So we examine it together and we use the cognitive behavioral uh, framework, which is looking at those connections between thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Mm -hmm. uh, typically we do a little bit of just education to, to better understand the problem, but also look at a treatment strategy for moving forward. So for instance, for depression, it might be behavioral activation uh, and what's that? Yeah. So it, it's really just recognizing that in um, in depression for most people, those we spend a lot of time ruminating, thinking that oh. we can't do stuff. 
and just a structured program to really start doing little bits and pieces and to start really small, but to make that start. Mm, that so instead, of, great. instead of thinking, doing, but doing it in a really structured way that's been proven to work, proven, proven to be effective for most people. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, well, some people, um, but I think mostly a lot of people would really find that uh, safety in having that structure as well. And just sounds yeah. like there's a lot of plan going into this. So it doesn't feel like, oh, we're just going to sit here and talk about things until you feel, you actually know what's going to happen, what's going to be part of the program. And you're a part of that as well. So it's not happening yeah. to you because it's happening with you. So that's really good. Yeah. That, that first session is an hour. The subsequent sessions are half hour. So it's really... Uh, a program about doing rather than talking. Mm. So it's really focused on the strategies. Yeah. One of the other things that we do is we look at outcome measures. So just an objective scale of where people sit on things like psychological distress, depression, and anxiety. And we use that throughout the program to measure the efficacy of how effective the treatment is. And the participant is looking at that as well and looking at their progress and they find that, um, for a lot of them, incredibly uh, motivating and just a really useful reference point. Yeah, hugely empowering to have that yeah. feedback. Absolutely, yeah. The, the other thing that we're doing in that uh, initial first session is coming up with a problem statement and smart goals. And most participants find that just defining the problem and setting goals can be really helpful. Yeah. yeah. No, so then if, the partic- so if they want to proceed with the program, we would email them a booklet and that's about doing a bit of work between sessions over the six weeks. So normally there's five sessions after that first one and they're about 30 minutes each spaced weekly apart. And in those sessions, we revisit the problem statement and look at, okay, is it still as much of a problem as last week? We rate it each week. We look at the goals and look at the movement in those things with the outcome measures. Yeah. And we're really working together to understand the rationale and treatment strategies that are applicable to that to that person. Yeah. And that's really the coaching bit. We're really giving them the strategies that they put into practice between sessions. So I like to think of it as the really heavy lifting is done by the participant between sessions. They're yeah. actually doing the work and we're just, we get the easier job of just helping them through it. <laughs> reviewing how they're going, refining, helping them overcome challenges. And um, yeah, it's, it's a real privilege to work with them and see the progress that they make. Oh yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, so how is the program delivered and how is it? Uh, has it been adapted during COVID? Great question, uh, because we've all had interruptions uh, because of COVID, whether it's been intense lockdowns in Melbourne um, and parts of Victoria, uh, or whether it's been anywhere else, we've all experienced interruptions and disruptions to our lives because of COVID. Um, So as I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, new access access sessions are available face-to-face in our offices or community-based locations that we have, um, all by phone or on video um, on platforms such as Zoom. Um, COVID caused everything to be done really remotely. So that really pushed and challenged us to say, hey, can we still deliver this program really effectively? We already knew that it could be delivered well over phone and video but it meant that everything had to go to phone and video. So we really had to adapt with that, but we found most people really reached out and increased engagement 
because they weren't able to have face-to-face -face engagement elsewhere. A lot of people also found that maybe that they wouldn't have usually chosen to have a phone or a video session for a therapy-based appointment um, are now actually preferring it. I actually had someone in the office the other day that started out face-to-face -face, um, and I became a close contact and had to isolate. So I said, oh, look, our next session is going to have to be by Zoom. Is that okay with you? And she said, yep, not a problem. I said, okay, the week after we can go back to the office now. I'm all in the clear. And she said, oh, no, actually, I think I preferred Zoom. Do you mind if we just stay to that? I said, yeah, of course, like whatever works for you. So I think a lot of people in giving it a go are actually finding it quite accessible. Um, and it works in really well for people who are working, who have families, caring responsibilities, people with a disability. Um, it's become a really accessible way to access support without it needing to be a face-to-face -face appointment where you travel to the appointment, you have to find parking, pay for parking, take time out of your day, find the building, have the face-to-face -face appointment, then go home again or back to work. So yeah, definitely become more accessible um, and it works really well, it works quite seamlessly with how the program's delivered can also be done in the comfort of your own home. So many people go grab a cup of tea, go sit in their favourite comfortable chair and have their session, which is really different than typical face-to-face -face appointments. Um, and as lockdown periods have started, you know, um, they've lifted and people are back out in the community, we're still finding people do want that video face-to-face, -face, but also know that if you do want a face-to-face -face appointment, talk to intake, it's still available, it's still there, just have a chat with them about what would suit you and oh, find out where your nearest location is. Oh, that's excellent. Because I was going to say, yeah, some of the conversations I've had with many people throughout COVID with different types of supports and services and even people with chronic health conditions, they've actually found yeah. things are a lot more accessible for them now. So they'd really like it if they had that, you know, opportunity to choose how they get their service delivered rather than, you know, being forced into situations that were pre-COVID, um, which yeah. weren't necessarily as accessible. So, yeah, that's that's really great that you're continuing with that. That's fantastic. Yes. Caitlin, Caitlin can I just jump in? Yes. I'm from Victoria and our Northeast team cover the whole state of Victoria. So mm. we do telehealth and we do a lot of Zoom or Microsoft Teams or how, however the person wants to take it, as well as face-to-face -face in our areas too. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, definitely. Who are the coaches? Well, um, the coaches are us, we're community members, we come from a diverse range of backgrounds and life experiences. And this is the exact reason of why we were employed to become new access coaches and trained specifically for this role. Um, many of us have our own lived experience of mental health, or we have family, or we've been a support or a carer or a friend of someone who's been through stress and trauma. And that's especially um, important in many of us have been affected by bushfires or live in bushfire affected reason, regions. Um, and we've also all been through COVID as well, um, which many of us have noticed an impact on our own mental health or those of others also got a lot of diversity in the team so we've got coaches who identify as part of the lgbtiqa plus community coaches who have a disability or belong to diverse cultural communities um, i know i've got my own lived experience of mental health and while i don't often share this within my coaching role with people um, it definitely gives me a different appreciation for the courage that it takes to reach out for support um, and 
every time that someone shows up and they're doing the work and they're really invested in trying to make some change in their life, um, I can tell how hard that is because I've been there myself and some days I still go there myself, but I know that using the skills consistently and making sure that you reach out for support when you need it, you know, change is possible and connection is so important. Um, so this is really what New Access is about, um, is having people who, who understand how hard it is to reach out for support, to, but to walk you through that process. Yeah, and I think sometimes people don't realise that, um, you know, having that lived experience can really overcome some personal barriers for people that are really struggling in that space or just learning about themselves and, you know, having people to talk to that really understand um, is definitely a really great comfort. So that's wonderful. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So what are the opportunities and challenges that you've noticed in connecting with um, local and uh, regional and remote communities? I um, have been the uh, in community engagement for new access and i'm a community connector anyway it sounds like you caveman <laughs> <laughs> and i've done a lot of different things within my community as well so i have a lot of connections so i've used those connections to promote our program and then we've also used um a couple of weeks ago, I was at the Koryong Ag field days. So I connected with community through those field days and where I was in the bushfire recovery tent. So I was with a whole lot of other services that are providing support within the community. So I was able to connect with them so that we're not silos. We can all refer to each other you know, whether that person fits with their program or whether they can come to our program. So I found that has been really helpful. Another, and word of mouth is the best way of promoting the program. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's getting out and being seen and um, people really getting to know you and trust you and then to be able to get into the program. So it spreads that way. We also have a really good partnership with Mount Beauty Neighbourhood House. And the Neighbourhood House has been really proactive in bringing us to the Neighbourhood House. They've provided us with a space that I go to each week and that I see people within the community face to face. And then I'll also go to and talk to, like I've been to the men's shed and had a lovely tour of the men's shed in Mount Beauty (laughs) and had a cup of tea with the guys and we've talked about mental health there. I've gone to the school, I've been to um, the doctor's surgery and a whole lot of other services. I've been connected with their emergency relief services as well. So they've really embraced our program and really want it to be in the community and to be Mm. able to help provide resilience to the community members. So that's been a really good positive um, aspect of Um, community engagement. Other communities have had a lot of people coming and going with different supports and it's been a bit challenging to get into those communities um, Mm. because of the trust and because of the funding going in and out. So it just depends on how you're going. Finding bigger communities are easier to connect with, um, such as, you know, dropping into TAFEs and all of those different communities. So um, that's been a lot better to 
for the bigger communities. We've been able to also get onto radio programs. That's we've good. been on ABC Murray Goulburn oh, and wonderful. we've been on several um, sessions within the Mount Beauty radio. Connection. I think being a part of that community yourself is, is a really big part of it. You know, we often talk about lived experiences just being, you know, with our mental health challenges or physical challenges, but sometimes knowing what's going on in that community and being able to relate on a more personal level, I think that's another big part of that lived experience um, aspect. Yeah. It's so powerful and creating those connections is fantastic. I'm loving the work you're doing. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's been good. And it's been, we've been doing it via Zoom too. I had a a community meeting with um, Uniting Care a couple of weeks ago that provides food packages and a whole lot of different support services. And I think I spoke to about 30 volunteers. So oh, they had their big screen <laughs> set up and I could see everybody and it was great. They were really good. Oh. And they, uh, yeah, so they really embraced it. And then they, as volunteers, they were then able to, when they came across a community member who needed some support, they were able to give our cards. Information, yeah. Information out. Yeah, so, that's great. Oh, yeah, wonderful. That's been good. Yeah. And um, is there any cost to participate in the new access program? No. Okay. Not at all. That's good. That's good. So it's free. Yeah. So all the the person has to do is give us a ring or email. Okay. And then get in. It's and been great that we've been funded under the PHN for the areas that we're we're um, so they've been a massive part in making this possible. Okay. Yeah. That's great. We and our in Victoria, it's um. Uh, Beyond Blue and Victorian government for our funding. Okay. Excellent, yeah. excellent. And so how can someone be referred to the program? They can be referred to the program via, they can ring us up on yep. the 1300 number or they can go on to Beyond Blue or the Wellway site or just type in New Access and they'll yep. come up with all our contact details. They can either email to intake and intake will ring them back mm -hmm. or they can phone direct and leave a message and Great. our intake will ring them back. Wonderful. Excellent. Yep. Well, thank you all so much for coming on Brainwaves today to share. Honestly, I think New Access sounds like a really great program. Um, I'm just hearing so much accessibility, which I think is really important. Um, I think our mental health system Australia-wide has really been under the pump, and I think this is a really great way to um, sort of give people another option, um, which is fantastic. So you're all doing amazing work. Thank you. And um, for our listeners, I'll be sure to include all the information on New Access, um, any links or phone numbers or anything else that will be needed will be in our show notes so thank you all so much for coming on the show today thank, thank you, you. thanks Kaylin. <laughs> thank you so much lauren luke and nicole for coming on the show today and sharing your knowledge and insight with our listeners um, i really hope that everyone has enjoyed today's show and you can find more of our shows on the 3cr website 3cr.org.au or on spotify or wherever you happen to download your 3cr podcast um, and as usual, if you have a story to share or if there's something you'd like to send us or let us give us some feedback or suggestions for any future shows, we really would love to hear from you. Um, and you can contact us at brainwaves at Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Please stay safe. We will be back next week and Wednesday at 5 p.m. for another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. 
For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.